Uh, one of my great Sunday treats that I like to do uh, mm-hmm. before, right after, right before I go to hot yoga, is uh, I like to uh, open up the Sunday paper. I love the Sunday paper. Do you now? Yeah, I'm a big Sunday paper. Yeah. I like to look at all the ads and the sales, but the first place I go to is in the northwest section. I don't even go to the sports first. Not even the front page. I go to the sports section. I go to the northwest section first. You're going to rant and rave, do you? Rant and rave. And boy, there was a good rant this weekend. We need more rants in rant and rave. And by by the way, I want all rants. As long as we're talking about uh, things we'd like to see in the tides. uh, I know I live in a rural area, so I don't get the late scores sometimes. Could we get a box score? From yesterday's game in my paper today, is that asking too much? That's really, as I you say, the, it's a great reason to have the paper. I thought the deadline is like eleven o'clock. I was surprised they had a game story on Saturday that they had the game story for the Friday game. Yeah, they had, thirteen innings. They had a game story uh, uh, today this morning, but I'm like, where the hell's the box yeah. score? They got box scores for every other game. I'm like, put a box score for the M's in. So it's the first place I go to is the rant and raves, and mm-hmm. I just wanted you know me because I love this this thing of the paper. I just want all rants, and and thank you to Hawkman Forty Seven who sent this to me, but I read it anyways. Uh, the rant to to my favorite Major League Baseball team are Seattle Mariners, of course, after seeing too many of the younger players throwing their bat after striking out. <laughs> Remember, there is a younger generation <laughs> watching you as role models, as any Little League coach would remind you. Hold on to that bat. Walk away with a look of determination. That's right. <laughs> So you you guys stop throwing your bats over stop there. Stop throwing your bats, Mariners. Uh, joining us on the uh, Beacon Plumbing Hotline, man who never threw his bat, our Seahawks, our Mariners reporter, Curtis Crabtree. Hi, Curtis. What's going on, guys? Uh, another man. Uh, how was that? That was that weekend of games. Uh, it's fun covering a team that that uh, consistently is winning. Yeah, I have never covered a Mariners team that has consistently won quite like this. So um, it's a little bit different experience for sure. I mean, heck, I mean, I've been with KJR since 2008. You guys can all do the math there, what they've been like since that. So um, there's only been a couple times where they've been in fringe playoff contention over that span and no time where they've been 15 games over 500 by the first week of June. So it's a little bit different, that's for sure. So you're saying 2008 is when you start, because there's this long list of things. We were talking about this the other day. 2008 oh. is a sports year. The Huskies went 0-12. The Mariners uh, uh, spent a million or spent $100 million and lost 100 games, first team ever to do that. The Holmgren's last year was a disaster. Uh, the Sonics left town, and Curtis Crabtree started at KJR. That, that all happened in 2008. That, that's the best thing to happen. That's the one good thing yeah. that happened. Well, hey, everything turned around from that point. That's so right. I nah. guess I got to take credit for it, right? There it we was go. Right. It's, it's the Curtis effect. Are you going to get after this whole bat-throwing story that Buck was just talking about? Can you go through the clubhouse yeah. and talk to the boys about not throwing their bats you after they strike You can't throw a out? bat. The, as someone said in the rants on the Seattle Times on Sunday, Curtis, the, the kids are watching. <laughs> I want bat flips. I want all oh. the bat flips. Oh, he wants all the bat Personally, flips. but that's me. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. I actually, the couple of years I played Little League, I actually got in trouble for throwing bats. Not that well, I did it intentionally. It would be the fact that I would swing through the pitch, and then when I went to run to first base, I would basically just chuck the bat up against the fence or what, and I was like nearly hitting people with well, it, not realizing it. So yeah. I it can be painful. We've got a kid. We've uh, you know we got a kid on the hot lava on the hot lava undefeated T-ball team that when he hits, when you're where we are, we do teach him just lay the bat down and then run to first. This, this kid will throw it. And it, uh, we've come a couple times. Uh, I might have to wear a cup because it's been awfully close. He, he's he's oh, winging it. Oh, off, awfully close. And those kids could put a lot of heat on a bat without realizing sure, it, right? Sure they could put a little speed on that thing. They sure can. Yeah. Uh, what was your what was your takeaway? I mean, I wish could. Each game was had a great storyline to it this past weekend. Friday, you got the Hanniger 
walk-off home run. He hits it to a part of the ballpark that it was amazing that he hit it there, being a right-hand hitter. Uh, and then you got Saturday with Marco Gonzalez, who just continues, Curtis, to have a have a great season. I guess we can talk about all three of these. And then yesterday, Felix. It was great to see Felix be able to turn in a performance like that. Yeah, and uh, additionally, on top of that, you had Edwin Diaz come off a couple poor outings, including the one Friday that allowed that game to get the extra innings and then come back with two really clean saves on Saturday and Sunday to get right back on track as well. Um, certainly, you know, to take care of a team that you should be better than and and you know find a way to win all of those games despite not having a ton of margin for error right at the, at the current moment because they're not exactly scoring so many runs that they blow teams out of the water, but they're finding ways to win these games anyway. So... Um, all three of them basically went the same way. And, you know, I, sitting in the ballpark Friday night, it, you kind of felt like the Mariners were going to win it at some point in time. Once they, once they can get into a team's bullpen, you feel like they're going to do enough at some point. And same thing with the game yesterday against Blake Snell, despite the fact that he shoved it up their backside for six innings. You felt like once they got to their bullpen, they'd have a chance to do something, and that's exactly what happened. So um, they're finding ways to, whenever the door is cracked open for them to kind of squirt through it, they find a way to get through and get the wins that they have available to them, and that's how they end up right now where they're in sole possession of first place in the division, which is kind of crazy to think about. A lot of things to talk about in terms of Felix Curtis. Let, let's start with a guy who you, everybody knows, him, but, but you, know, you can overlook these guys as as a season rolls on. You know, The pitching coach, Mel Stoudemire Jr., has been – you know, he's been working with Felix. There was some stuff in the paper about this. Everybody's been down there has seen it. I mean, they're, they're trying to transform Felix into a different guy. And so who better to focus on than the pitching coach? And, and yesterday had to make them all feel pretty good. And who knows if this is going to be what we're going to see going forward. But just the idea that, that maybe they're getting some light at the end of the tunnel. And then you look at his whole season today. It hadn't been terrible. It's only, it's only iffy by his great standards that he's set. But it was nice to see him yesterday perform the way he did, and it was nice to see them get him a win in the kind of game he usually loses. Yeah, and that being said, there, there's a couple teams, obviously, in the division that see him pretty regularly that have kind of figured out a book on him where they're, you know, Texas being one of them. They're a team that he really struggles with right now. And Houston, with as good as their offense is, too, and they've kind of got a similar book on Felix and I think that I think Texas does. And, those are teams that kind of give him some real troubles in addition to just the first inning struggles he'd had recently and all of that. But certainly when you can fight your way through eight, in, eight innings of work yesterday and manage to keep it to just one run on the board despite getting into trouble a couple times where he had a you know, pair of runners in scoring position uh, early, in, early in the inning, uh, bases loaded, one out situation at one point or another, and get out of those situations without allowing any more damage than, than he did, it's certainly a positive step. Now he's going to have to build upon it and see if he can start to put these back-to-back and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, after his previous start um, last week against Texas, um, you know, he said he felt he was he, he was disappointed and felt that he was disappointing his teammates because, you know, the only two games that they'd lost over the last turn of the rotation were his starts. And, you know, I think he he wants to be a real contributor to a, the best team that he's been on since he's been in Seattle. And I think uh, you saw that desire sort of come out in that game yesterday. Well, that's got to be tough for him, too. And, again, Curtis Crabtree, our uh, reporter here at 950 KJR, joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, the famous Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Got to be tough for him to go through this, that he's not – okay, let's remove yesterday's start. 
it's not like he's had these great starts that he's contributing you know greatly to this baseball team this year yet they're having this unbelievable amount of success right now that finds them in first place this late in the season for the first time since what 2003 it's it's got to be a real hit to the ego for him yeah and i mean i think he's still kind of coping with learning how to be the pitcher that can succeed with his stuff the way it is now. I mean, it seemed like his fastball was topping out at 89-90 yesterday. He doesn't have the, the dominant fastball that he used to have, but he needs to be able to locate it, and he struggled to do that from time to time, and that's hurt him. Um, certainly his breaking stuff still has great movement and all of those things, but if you can't locate the fastball to work everything off of that, then it kind of changes what you can do up there, and he's kind of, I think he's still struggling with that from time to time. But Certainly yesterday he was able to put together enough of um, an outing to, to go eight innings deep and help them out a little bit considering the fact that they'd had the extra inning game on on Friday and um, all the, the the relief work that they'd gone through over those couple of games um, in the middle of last week. I think they had back-to-back games where they ran multiple bullpen arms out there on Thursday and Friday heading into Gonzalez to start on Saturday, and so that gave them a little bit of a break as well. Um, and then with the off day, everybody should be fresh for this two-game series in Houston. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all important and he's still working his way through it and trying to figure it out. But certainly the work that he did with Mel Stottlemyre seems to have had a positive first impression here. And we'll see if he can continue to, to take strides in the right direction. And, and like I said, I don't know how much this ends up meaning about something, but as, as he moves forward and tries to find what his new confidence will be and what his new, I mean, I love his demeanor about this. I think if you just look at him, he just he, he doesn't look like a guy who feels like this is going to overwhelm him. He looks more like a guy who's who's going to be able to figure it out. But but as you see him get a win yesterday in a game where he pitches his tail off and is behind. Have we heard this story before with Felix? Oh. And and lo and behold, they score two runs right there in the eighth and um. and get him. The, that's got to infuse him because he's been so cool about never complaining about that. I mean, right. there's almost a side of me that wishes he would have complained Se- about Seager it. Seager went up to him after the game yesterday, and I know Curtis was there, and they said, "Hey, you're you know." Yeah. We're happy. I'm happy for you yeah. because you've been in this position so many times right. where you've given us a start like this, and we haven't come through for you. I'm happy for you that we came through with you today. Yeah, we still owe you about 900, but we got yeah, you that's one. True. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But you know, you know, Chris, I, yeah. I like that from a confidence standpoint for Felix. Yeah, I mean, there was one pitcher on the field yesterday that got quote unquote Felix, and it was Blake Snell. Yeah. Um, you know, that was the sort of game that Felix has been losing. And, you know, Blake did you just pull the? Co- did you just? Are you in bed? You just pull the covers over you or something? You like you went real? <laughs> no, you went real quiet for a second. All right, I'm just wondering. No, no, maybe I no, I, I okay. Maybe I put the. Th- I don't know. Maybe I put my right. thumb over Curtis, the whatever. speaker or whatever. You don't have to no. explain yourself to us if you're sleeping. It's all right. Chris. It's 11:30. So I'd be taking a nap too. I, I was saying there was one pitcher that got Felix yesterday, and it was Blake Snell, who was terrific. And, um, you know, he really gave it to him for, for six innings and had, you know, what was struck out the first seven he faced, eight of the first nine. And um, the the at-bat that Denard Spann had were the, the first guy that didn't strike out for them. I think he ran it ten pitches deep and kind of helped, you know, they they, they built up Snell's pitch counts where he was never going to be able to go, go the distance or anything like that. Once they got him out of the game after six innings, they were able to, to get the Jose Alvarado there in the eighth. But, um, he was terrific yesterday, and they didn't have much of a chance that, uh, against him throughout most of that game, and then they were still able to find a way to win it. That's a game that the Mariners don't win in the past, no, not even close. 
You got it. Uh, w- one last thing before we, we cut you loose. What about uh, OTAs this week? Is is today open? What's open this week for us? T- today is open, and Thursday is open, which is the last uh, last day okay. uh, of OTAs. And their they're, they're mandatory mini camp is next week, and then they break for the rest of the summer after that. So um, that's the, the rest of the Seahawks schedule here before training camp gets going at the end of July. Okay. Um, uh, obviously, the veteran minicamp next week is the mandatory one that we would expect guys like Earl Thomas and Frank Clark, who have been staying away from it, to be at. But we won't know that that until they're actually out there. If so it'll be interesting to see. If they're not there, they're fined what a day? I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, I'll go. I'll, I'll make sure I have that number before we we need that next okay, week. Re- report back immediately. All right, Curtis. Text text puck. He really wants to know. I this. just want to know what the fine is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. There he is. Curtis Curtis Crabtree.